This is Bobby Guy with the 10-Minute Health BizCast. This is album five, track eight. This is part two of our interview with Jenna Morgenstern-Gaines, continuing from the last track. Where do you see the company in five years? Yeah, so look, I mean, when you look at the care at home space, the train has left the station, right? I mean, the bullet, <laughs> the bullet train has left the station, quite frankly. It is, you know, the, the center of gravity is shifting to the home and it's happening. It's happening. And, and so in the next five years, first and foremost, I want us to have built a community of thousands of nurses across the country where nurses feel like they are heard, they are valued, where they are leaders. You know, ultimately, I think being able to, to reimagine care and being able to provide a, a new way of a new model of nursing, that, that that ultimately starts with making sure that we are listening to nurses and that that our nurses are feeling valued and that they're feeling like they're they're part of something where they really can have a, a meaningful impact. And so so you know one one really key thing for us in five years is building that community of nurses that starts with fulfilling their needs and listening to them. And, and as a company, we're, we're early stage. We started a couple years ago, um, really right when the pandemic hit. And we're just in a couple states now. And by the time five, we're, you know, chatting again in five years, Bobby, I want us to be serving patients in every single state. One thing that really drives us, and ultimately internationally, we actually have our first uh, international partnership underway, which is exciting uh, with a humanitarian organization. But, you know, I think one thing that really drives us at PocketRN is so many of our family members have experienced the pain points that we're trying to solve. And, you know, I would love for in five years PocketRN to be in the hands of, you know, anyone who needs it. Right now, if you're in California, anyone can can uh, sign up for PocketRN, but I'd love it to be accessible to everyone in any state. I want it to be in my mom's hands. I want it to be in my teammates' dad's hands. I want it to be, you know, in all of our family's hands who who really need it most. So, you know, I you know, I, I think if we just work towards building a solution that's that's going to help solve those pain points for the loved ones in our life who are, you know, facing facing the challenges that we're trying to solve, we'll we'll feel very fulfilled at the end of of this initial five year stint. Right on. So one of the things that fascinated me about your resume is your international experience. And now you're enmeshed in U.S. healthcare. So I'd really like to get your opinion, right? If you could snap your fingers and change one thing about how we do healthcare in the U.S., what would it be? Yeah. I thought about this question a lot, Bobby. You know, I um, you pointed out, you know, that I I've spent a lot of time living and and learning from living internationally. And I've, you know, on a personal note, I um have a goal of living on on every continent, uh, you know, at some point in my life. And I mean, truly, like living, not just you know, visiting. And I've got two to go. I've got South America and Antarctica. So there might be some <laughs> learnings um, that I haven't picked up from those two continents yet. Uh, I, you know, and, and uh, maybe in a, a few years, I can report back on them. But it's, it's, it was hard to think of what if I could just snap my fingers? Would I, would I change about, you know, healthcare in the U.S. drawing from what I've seen work internationally? You know, I think no one has really nailed continuity of care. I really thought about this a lot. I was, I really wish there was a model and I think we're trying to build that model, but I think, you know, we haven't seen a really good model of that 
anywhere yet. But one thing that really struck me and that, you know, we haven't talked much about in the last 10 minutes is just our relationship with what it means to get older here in the U.S. I think we're frankly quite scared of it and we ignore it and our families are pretty fragmented and we see it as a problem to fix. You know, mom or dad, time for them to go to the nursing home or maybe they just, you know, end up, many of them end up just alone, um, you know, living out the rest of their, their lives. And we don't really see older adults as people with needs. And, you know, I think there are a few countries out there that I've seen in my experience Japan, New Zealand, that we can learn from on this front. You know, there, there are certainly countries where families are less fragmented and where, you know, I think they've, they've learned effectively that we can't just see older adults as a, as a monolith and we can't, you know, we need to bust out of the old stereotypes that we have that, you know, older adults can't use technology or, you know, they just need our help. You know, I, I think what we hear every day from the older adults that we work with is that that is not how they see themselves. Um, they see themselves <laughs> as, you know, as a, in the third act of, of life seeking fulfillment and connection. And they're not going to settle for the old ways of just being sent to a nursing home. And I think we as a society are missing a huge opportunity by not recognizing that and really building a, a world where, you know, we're, we're not just focused on aging in place. We're, we're focused on, helping people thrive in their, in their communities. And, and there are some countries, Japan, New Zealand, others, and, you know, Korea um, that have invested in building local communities and job placements for older adults, preventative programs. There's even the village movement, you know, Andrew Cohen started my hometown in Boston. I, I think they are all great models and they all start with just actually listening to what people truly want, um, which goes for, listening to older adults, listening to family caregivers, you know, I think you know, making sure that family caregivers are heard is key and critically listening to nurses and, you know, just surrounding yourself with, you know, surrounding ourselves with those people, you know, in our company, we say always, you know, it's, it's the opinion of the patient or the caregiver or the nurse that wins. It is not my opinion that wins. It's, you know, not any executive's opinion that wins. It's, it really starts with just listening to those people who, who benefit from care in some way. So those are some of the models that I've seen. If I could snap my fingers, it would be a cultural shift, but it would also be a national strategy program, investments, policy change um, that can really enable people to thrive in their communities as, as they age. Love it. Jenna, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much, Bobby. Really enjoyed the time. This has been the 10 Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks very much for joining us.